Hello, language lovers, and welcome to episode 8 of Life in a Second Language with your host, me, Spring Day, where I talk to creative people from all over the world about what it's like to live, work, love, study, and even raise a family in a second language, often an adult language, so this podcast may not always be appropriate for young ears. If you speak two or more languages, hopefully you can relate to what we get into on this podcast. Or if you're thinking about learning a foreign language for the very first time, we can give you an idea of what you may be in for and let you know of some opportunities you didn't even know existed. My plans to study this week have pretty much gone down the drain. I got some once-in-a-lifetime news and have been happily preparing for that. However, I will admit uh, the news was a welcome distraction because as much as I love speaking Japanese, these lessons are dry as And the characters I need to memorize just are not sticking to my brain. So I figured, why not do what I always told my English students to do when they struggled? So... I've started reading a book that I've already read in English, in Japanese. I downloaded the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone book. Now, I know J.K. Rowling is being more than thick these days, but it's the only book I could find on Kindle in Japanese that I've already read in English. And downloading a book on a Kindle is really important for me because I can instantaneously find out what a random word means with the Kindle's tap-and-go dictionary. I will say this, the dictionary works much, much better on the device rather than a laptop. Anyway, I can't wait until I reach the part in the book where I can look up the translation for Wingardium Leviosa. It's probably translated into stuff white kids say at boarding school when they're drunk. I've read about five pages so far, and I stumbled on a word in Harry Potter I thought I knew everything about. And it turns out, when you write the word for mystery in Japanese, shimpi, the characters translate as the gods' secrets. I love that. I guess it is true, but I've never thought of the gods having secrets. I always thought having secrets was the sole domain of the human resources department. Now it's time for... The Random Japanese Idiom Corner! Today's idiom is brought to you by... Who gives a f***? My house is on fire. Today's idiom is... And means disgusting or repulsive, and literally means even insects don't like you. The example sentence given is and means my daughter is dating a repulsive guy, or my daughter is dating such a repulsive, disgusting piece of sh- even insects think the idea of him being inside of her is gross. I'll be honest, this guy doesn't sound all that bad to me. I mean, if insects don't like you, that sounds like it might come in handy, especially during mosquito season or if you live on the ground floor of an apartment building. Then again, I might not be the best judge of character. I mean, I have agreed to go on a date before with someone that took a swing at me. And that was the random Japanese idiom corner. You are very, very, very welcome. Now stop. I said stop.
Today's guest is a wonderful Japanese comedian, writer, and actor right here in the UK, winner of the BBC New Comedy Award, Yuriko Kotani. We get into her experience studying abroad in high school and what happens when you expect America to be just like it is on TV. We also talk about the challenges of doing comedy in two languages and why she has so much respect for anyone who translates or interprets. If you like the show, please rate it on Apple Podcasts and feel free to share the episodes however you see fit. FYI, nobody uses facts machines anymore. Also, follow our guests on social media and chuck some money at them however you can so they can keep their utilities on. Also, wear a mask when you go out and about. It's a lot like wearing a seatbelt. At the end of the day, they both keep bodily fluid from being splattered everywhere. That's enough of me telling you what to do. Now it's time for our interview with the amazing comedian and person, Yuriko Kutani. <laughs> I am so excited to introduce the writer, comedian, and winner of the BBC New Comedy Award, Yuriko Kutani. Hi, Spring. How Hi. are you? I am great. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Well, let's just get started with the beginning, shall we?、Uh, yes. What is your native language, and what other languages do you speak? Uh, my native language is Japanese, and、uh, the other language I speak is、uh, this one that I'm、uh, speaking right now.、Uh, <laughs> so, I, yes, in English, yes. And when did you start studying English? When I was、uh, in elementary school. Do, do you say elementary school? I do.、Yes. I'm American, yes. Yes. So、uh, I went to like after school, like once a week kind of thing. Would you yeah, say you were like 10、there. years old? I guess so, yes. But then、uh, from junior high, that was the time we had to study English at school. Okay. In elementary school, you did it once a week for how long? I cannot remember. I think、uh, a year, maybe.、Uh, it's, yeah, my memory is very. Yes. Was this like a choice of your parents? Was this part of the school system? Or was this just something you wanted to do? I think that was I wanted to do. But <laughs> once I started,、uh, it was more like parents do, <laughs> or yes, or mixture. <laughs> And what were the classes like? Was it fun? Yes,、uh, it was fun.、Uh, it was more like sing a song or just let's learn from ABC kind of、right. thing. I know a lot of kids at that age can be like scared of foreign language or their, their foreign teacher, things like that. Was your teacher Japanese or from some other country? Oh, yes, she was、uh, Japanese. Oh, okay. So that's less scary <laughs> for a 10 year old. <laughs> yes. Good, good. And you learned songs and stuff. And then in junior high, you had to study more earnestly for tests and things. Yes.、Right? Yes. And did you resent having to study it in such a manner? I remember, I think I liked the subject. I didn't feel the resentment towards English. Did you ever imagine that you would one day use English on a regular basis for work and where you lived? I, I think I wanted to. I thought that would be cool. But、uh, at the same time, it was like one of the like, dream kind of thing. So it wasn't like、uh, realistic or anything. It's just like,、uh, I, it would be amazing if I can 
speak in different language and then have a career. Were, were your English teachers or foreign language teachers, did they, did they seem different from your other teachers? Like in America, like foreign language teachers kind of have a reputation for being a bit kooky, a bit weird, a bit cute, or a bit kind of out there compared to, say, like a science or math teacher. I think, yes, uh, in my case, uh, it was uh, similar. I, I think I liked them. I had many English teachers, but most of them I remember as a very friendly teachers. But you didn't really have any clear plans to use English in any sort of work. Uh, so my image of using English was, uh, yes, like a corporate kind of like business and deals kind of thing. Sign at the bottom line. Kind of, yes. Did you have any plans to study abroad after high school? Yes. So uh, when I was in high school, I did a foreign exchange program. And uh, I went to uh, States for a year. Oh, whereabouts in the States did you go? I went to Minnesota. Oh, you went to Minnesota? That's why your O's are so nice and round. Did you have a uh, host family or? Yes, I had a host family, host school. Yes, everything. And how long were you there? One year. And it must have been so different from where you came from. What was the biggest uh, shock? moving to Minnesota? Uh, the first biggest shock was, uh, okay, so I couldn't understand anything language-wise. <laughs> I learned English as a subject and I went to uh, the lesson after school when I was in elementary and I learned all, all that. And then as soon as I got Minnesota and I couldn't understand anything. Were, were you expecting to understand anything? A little bit. You know, mm-hmm. but then the first thing I remember, someone said, how are you? And I was like, what is how are you? Because <laughs> I learned as how are you? <laughs> yeah, at the end. What does that mean? And the answer in Minnesota is always cold. <laughs> I'm cold. That's right. You should have told me that, you know. Uh, <laughs> Now, your family that you were staying with, was it a young family? Was it an older family? A young family, and they they have kids. Mm -hmm. How old were the kids at the time? Very young. I had uh, four uh, host uh, family siblings, and they were very, very young. Uh, Two teenagers, and then two uh, less than 10. Oh, wow. And uh, the thing is, I learned a lot from them. How so? Because I was talking to them all the time. You know, there is no embarrassment or anything with mm-hmm. them, right? It's just uh, more like straightforward. I guess I learned a lot from, uh, especially the youngest one. Uh, I think he I... was five. And uh, I was playing uh, the video games with him uh, a lot. And then we were chatting. What would be a typical chat between you two at the time? I remember... Yeah, he said, yeah, can you play, what does what he say? I can't remember, but it was more about the yeah, games. So I didn't know the sentence, how are you? And I understood what he was asking me to do to play video games. So uh, yes, I, I improved a lot. Wow, so you had difficulty with how are you, but you're like, I have 36 coins in Zelda. <laughs> 
that, that was very similar for me because my, my Japanese host family, there was a three-year-old or four-year-old and she would talk to me often. She would terrify me. She would come into my room, get up really close to my face and say, Oh my God, that's very spooky. She repeated it over and over again. And uh, wow. I learned how to say, I am a ghost. I am a ghost. No one can save you. <laughs> very dark, but I've used it every day. I lived in Japan for 16 years. <laughs> by far the most useful phrase in Japanese I've ever learned. When did things start to click living in Minnesota? When did things start to make sense outside of your conversations with a five-year-old? So what I've been told was uh, it takes maybe three, four months to get used to hearing and mm -hmm. understanding the language and then maybe six months to start to speak but it took me 10 months i think <laughs> towards the end but then uh once i got it because um there was no other japanese people in that city or village or other place i had to speak and hear and i understand so maybe yes towards the end i think patience isn't it that's what you need <laughs> you definitely need patience uh, i'm going to ask you a little bit more about your experience in in minnesota but when you went back to japan did you have more confidence speaking english because you felt like there was no one around you to hear you make a mistake when i was in japan i was full of confidence and I was proud of myself. When you went to class, were you given a normal class load? Or did you take normal classes compared to other native English speaking students in Minnesota? No, I had to take the uh, same classes that I was taking in Japan, huh. which was nightmare because <laughs> I had to learn new things mm -hmm. in a language, language that I had no idea. How did you share? I didn't. I didn't survive. <laughs> it's like the Japanese school system is so different from uh, an American one, right? In, in mm. Japan, it's mostly memorization, right? Yes. And then suddenly they say, not only can you tell us this in a foreign language, please tell us your opinion about it. Did that get easier? As more time went on, did that ever become fairly easy for you to do in Minnesota? In high school, maybe towards the end. But most of the time, all the questions teachers were asking the students, I was thinking, I was watching the room and uh, uh, students were saying their opinion and I thought it was uh, cool, very cool. But, uh, but the thing is, as, as Spring said, Japan's uh, uh, a lot of uh, things are like memorization, which uh, helped me to do some exams like some exams are like memorization so I just learned it was very difficult but yeah I learned words and then yes I I, I passed it oh congrats that's incredible thank you very I, much thank I, you uh, I'm, I'm so impressed I couldn't do it I tried to take a class in Japanese in university I think it was like theological studies or something like that because it was a wow. Christian university uh -huh. and and then about two weeks in I realized oh I'm in over my head and then I dropped the class <laughs> I was just like I, I can't I can't do this I'm curious about your your parents attitudes about studying abroad like 
did they feel like this was important for your experience? Did they kind of push you out or they were like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do this? Well, what were your parents' attitudes about you studying English and studying abroad? I thought my parents would be like, you should stay in Japan and do as other students are doing, you know, just uh, study hard and then pass the exam and go to uni but then uh, they were uh, supportive uh, they were happy so I was uh, surprised but uh, at the same time I was uh, yes that's great have you ever considered studying any other languages other than English yes a lot I loved uh, learning other languages um, mm-hmm. that was my, well my passion I think did you yes. think about becoming like a linguist no not no, okay. no, not at all. But uh, because uh, I thought learning language and uh, learning cultures are very connected to each other, isn't it? And yeah. I loved uh, learning other cultures and also like songs, you know, lots of like songs from other countries are, sounded um, very fascinating as well. And I was always feeling like I wish I could understand. So that was a big motivator for you. Did you learn a lot of English or any other languages through? music uh <laughs> i think i i watched a uh, lot of films movies any favorites yes uh so when i was younger uh hollywood movies i was watching and also uh full house full house is very popular in japan yeah it was on and uh i was i was a big fan of uh, <laughs> house. who was your favorite character in full house uncle jesse and also Oh, the the eldest, the oh. Turner. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Was it Candace Cameron with the long hair? Yes. But the thing is, I think I loved uh, every character when I was young. Yeah. Did you think that was American culture? I think so. So when I saw that eldest, mm-hmm. what was her name? Um, I can't remember her uh, character name. Oh, DJ Tanner. DJ Tanner, yes. yes. DJ Tanner. Remember she had a poster of Janet Jackson in the background? Yeah. I had I had that poster. I was so proud of myself. Oh <laughs> very good, very good. Well, I, I wish I had it now. Um <laughs> I was watching Full House and uh, I was in shock uh, when I saw DJ Tanner got on the bed with shoes on. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. What was your feeling? Was you feeling like repulsion? Like, oh, nasty. Just couldn't, couldn't take it. Just <laughs> but then I thought that American style. Dirty, like, filthy American style. <laughs> no, I thought, okay. So I thought, okay, these shoes must be very cleaned. How, when did they clean the shoes? To be honest, they probably were because they were in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. That's why. And had yes. you did you watch that show before you went to Minnesota or after? Oh yes, yes, uh, before. So my image uh, towards uh, American uh, students or or everybody in the states, I thought everyone's yeah, how how is it going? Awesome, yeah, and then everyone talk to you and stuff but then uh when i got there i figured out uh, lots of people are shy you know like <laughs> no <laughs> wait are they shy or shite no which one because <laughs> like, we are in the uk and i'm not sure where mm. you got your curse words from did you say shy or shite shy shy shy, uh, shy. okay yeah. so i i realized that oh everybody is 
like us Japanese people like some people are confident and then you know friendly mm-hmm. and then some people are shy as well was that a pleasant surprise or were you kind of disappointed by that mm-hmm. as high school student I think I wanted them to talk to me mm-hmm. but if they talk to me I don't understand anything I think I was feeling complicated it's a dilemma isn't it high school that's everyone's dilemma in high school whether or not you speak the language that's true like you want to be yeah you want to talk to everybody be confident but at the same time not sure did you go to dances or anything like that in high school like homecoming you went to prom prom uh, prom, homecoming uh, uh okay so homecoming my memory is very vague but Mm-hmm. I remember pajama day. There was a yeah, pajama day. Yeah, there's pajama day at school. Usually that week of homecoming or, or court warming. So because they have a week of school spirit. So like one day you wear all of your clothes backwards. Another day you wear pajamas to school. Another day you, I don't know, <laughs> paint your face blue. You know, so, something. <laughs> yeah. School, something like that. Yeah. Okay. It was very fun. It was very fun. And uh, I remember I took a golf um, club. Yeah, that makes sense in Minnesota. There's lots of space. (laughs) (laughs) Very nature. And uh, I remember I I was uh, swinging the golf club uh, with pajama. And I (laughs) thought, this is very uh, interesting. So so you did you were there for a year. Did you come to the UK um soon after graduating university? I uh, know I worked then I left the company mm-hmm. then I moved to the UK. Because you'd lived in Minnesota before. Did you think oh I'll be fine in the UK because I lived in America and I finally got everyone's accent eventually so the UK will be no problem at all. The thing is, um, before uh, this, uh, when I was in uni, I did backpacking in uh, the UK. And I remember I went to London and uh, Manchester as well. Mm -hmm. And again, um, the accents were very different from states. So I thought, oh, no. Not again. Oh my, I have to re- you know, learn again. Well, so I, it's very different, yes. Having lived in the States and being from Japan, did the UK seem more like home to you than, say, Minnesota? When I started to live in the UK, it was in London, and there was a Japanese supermarket. Mm-hmm. And also, I met Japanese people as well. Compared to that uh, experience I did when I was in high school in States, uh, it was really hard and rewarding, but it was really tough. So compared to that, still difficult. However, <laughs> I could access to more Japanese stuff and also uh, the, the, you know, in- internet um, and also phone, phone calls. Uh, a lot of things were like, uh, yeah, easier. Right. Because you had more of a bilingual experience. Yes, I guess. Yes. Because I've been experienced that before. So the shock was lighter, I guess. That makes complete sense. And did you have, I mean, before you became a comedian, did you have jobs where you had to be bilingual? Yes. So my dream was, when I was younger, my dream was to work internationally or globally. Yes. And my image was uh, wearing the suit and stuff. But then uh, I worked in a coffee shop in London. 
mm-hmm. and using English. And then I thought, oh, oh my God, I'm doing international, you know, I'm working globally and I'm, I feel amazing. So I was so <laughs> happy to work in a coffee shop and then speaking in English and then doing, you know, 125, please, like a, a working at the till or making coffees. Oh, it's so fun to demand money in another language, isn't it? <laughs> Say, give me that money. Give it to me. Thank you. It's just, it's just so much fun. After leaving school and, and you're working in a cafe and all of that stuff, did you actively continue studying English? Yes, you, yes, yes. How so? so I took uh, the English uh, class and stuff. And also I was watching TV a lot because I was uh, new in Britain. And uh, yes, maybe because I didn't have many friends or, or I didn't have many much money or, or yeah, the lots of reasons and I was watching uh, the TV. I was watching EastEnders. Oh really? Did that help a lot? It was so hard but uh, I got addicted to it. Like yeah, I was watching like yeah the, the episodes one after another and uh, I couldn't, um, didn't know e- even the characters' names. Mm-hmm. It was so hard, but uh, I started to get it. Mm. And the storylines and the characters and the pubs and everything. And then, yeah, that process. I was really enjoying the process. How long did you watch EastEnders for? Quite long, I think. Do you still watch it occasionally to see what's happening? I know, but I should, isn't it? Well, uh, I, I wonder some of the characters must, you know, got a different job or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are things you need to know. <laughs> yeah, like a catch-up, catching up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you watched a lot of TV, and did that help you a lot with accents and kind of just expressions in general? I guess so. And were you required, like when I lived in Japan, it was necessary to take the Japanese proficiency test and, and pass a certain level in order, in order to work somewhere for certain companies. Did you have a similar requirement? Yes. Okay. In Japan. But here, uh, uh, yes, I took uh, exams uh, for English. Uh, What did I take? But yes, I took uh, exams and stuff in Britain as well. Are they like certifications or is it just a, a general test? That was certification. Yes, yes, yes. I was certification, yes. Have you ever done any translation work or interpreting? I did. And you know what? Hats off to everybody in the whole world who does translation it's just respect to everybody so where does all that emotion come from <laughs> because it's difficult isn't it it's it's it not is. easy yes it's like you have to have to know the tone or the the right wording it's just so so many things i just i saw when i was younger i saw translation is just translation but there is no just translation. And and so with your experience doing translation work, were you like, oh, this is not for me, or this is something I want to do? Was it a challenge you really enjoyed? Or was it a challenge you were like, ah, uh, I don't know if I'm ready for this? I think I enjoyed it, but also I thought it's really hard because you have to understand the tone of mm. the Sen- sentences or situation mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so you can't just write, for example, in Japanese, there are so many ways to say one sentence, isn't it? Like a yeah. formal, informal, and yeah, or casual, but in casual way, there is so many ways to say, and English as well. So for me, have、uh, you done interpreting for anyone, which is just verbal?、Uh, yes, I did. Did you enjoy that more than the translation? For example, one of the memory I had was、uh, when I was in uni in Japan.、Uh, my friend, he was a Ryu Gakusei exchange student. Yes.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, I think he was injured or something. And I had to go to, I went to hospital with him. I had to tr- like, Interpreted, but I didn't know the right words. Like, I didn't know the medical words. I, I did my best, but at the same time, and also you have to be quick as well. I'm surprised that the doctor gave him such a detailed answer. They're famous for saying, Well, you're going to take a blue pill now. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that mean? What do you mean, the blue, blue pill? Um, so it's changed a little bit since then, but、uh, about you know, 15, 20 years ago,、uh, mm-hmm. Japanese doctors were famous for not telling patients things because, right. Their,、uh, yeah, right? in their view, the patient is the sick one, so you need to tell whoever's in charge of them what's going on because you don't want to negatively affect them psychologically. So if you ask your doctor as a patient, well, what are you giving me a prescription for? They'll say, blue pills. <laughs> Because they're afraid that if they tell you it, what it is and you look up the side effects, they're afraid you might not take it. Right, I see. Wow. I, I didn't know that. I learned a lot. Yeah. I did, you, did you get any blue, blue pills from doctors、oh, lo- in Japan? Loads. I got loads of blue pills. I've had five knee surgeries in Japan. I am a doctor expert. When it comes to like translation. And、uh, I remember all of my. Surgeries. I don't know why, but I had to go under. And because I had to go under, I also had to be naked.、Uh, <laughs> I don't know why or how that works, but I remember asking the nurse in Japanese because it was a university hospital. I said, So, how many people are going to see me naked <laughs> like, while I'm unconscious? And she said, Oh, lots of people. <laughs> you were like, Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. And she had to she had to shave my leg. She had to shave my knee. The knee she, as well. The knee as well. The knee was the main part. And there's not、okay. much hair around the knee, but she's like, well, we have to shave you. It's like, okay, fine. And then she shaved all the way down to the hair on my, on my big toe. And, she, <laughs> and, and I. Just asked, in case. Just in case. And I said, how, long, how far down is the doctor going to cut me open? And, and she said, I, I just hate that hair. I just had to cut it. <laughs> this is for myself. <laughs> this, is, this has nothing to do with you. This is, this is why I do the job, so I can just eliminate toe hair across the country one by one. I think that your language skills, as someone who's been teaching English as a second language for many years, your language skills、mm-hmm. are amazing. And、I've, I'm always impressed by them、uh, because not only are you just incredibly skilled at English as well,、um, you're funny in English on purpose. Which is amazing. Thank you so much. The listener might be feeling like, is it? Is it really? <laughs> is she? Oh, she is. She is. If they're listening to this show, they know you are. Being a comedian in English, had it ever occurred to you to be a comedian in Japanese as well? I'd love to. However, comedy is so like ocean, isn't it? There is no 
end and there's so much to learn and depth as well so right now I'm focusing on English mm-hmm. and maybe yes I'd love to do in Japanese as well but uh yeah so when I started uh, comedy my brain got exhausted so easily if I was doing comedy in English and then suddenly Japanese I think I couldn't do both yeah I've seen in Japan I've seen shows where they would watch like a show for example Sex in the City when that was on they would mm. have a show on after with a uh, an English teacher and some Japanese speakers and they would break down the jokes and the sexual innuendos and things like that it's interesting but weirdly never funny <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think the whole situation is very yeah funny interesting but yeah if you break it down it's difficult isn't it It's very difficult I have a friend who keeps saying oh come on you've got to do a show where you explain English jokes in Japanese and it's like no it's just killing the frog so <laughs> slowly <laughs> A part of me is like, yeah, that's fascinating, but it's also so boring. <laughs> it becomes maybe more like a yeah, classroom, isn't it? Mhm. The only time that show is funny was when they were trying to explain a sexual innuendo that was so dirty they couldn't say it on NHK or on the, you know, on the Japanese version of BBC and so they'd say, "Well, that's a very uh intimate form of kissing, right? Or or that's just a really tight hug." And you're like, "No, it's not. That's that's a tossed salad maybe they could have used like or something i love i think these are so much funnier than saying what it is <laughs> i'd watch a show that was for 75% of the show i want to watch it yeah let's yeah show. let's do another version of this podcast and uh, we go for it but then yeah. you it. yes that's going to be our money maker yes Now, Does your personality change when you speak in English compared to when you speak in Japanese? That's a very interesting question. So when I was younger, I thought when I speak in English, I'm more like confident and all, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. Maybe because I did comedy. I don't know what's what anymore. Who am I? What? I think that that's part of just growing up. You just realize you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think yes. Yeah, not just language, it's just life. Can you do math in English? Okay, so when I calculate or when I add something, I often mumble in Japanese. So I think I still use Japanese. This is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. How, how, I don't know how it's everybody's. There's been studies that say that um a lot of Asian languages it's easier to do math in Asian languages because the way the words are formed the words are easier to picture in your brain so three mm. like 30 is 3 times 10 the numbers themselves are much shorter so it's easier to remember in the brain they're like one syllable long so that's wow. easier to remember as well and so just the way counting happens uh in terms of the way the words are created it's just easier to picture than in english i see wow i didn't know that where did you learn that spring some podcast by npr i'm sure <laughs> I love uh reading and listening to things about language instead of studying a language because it's much easier <laughs> than doing the hard work. But you're But, studying Japanese. 
That's hard work. Yeah, I study it. I I like it. Uh, and then you speak as well. I do. I'm not going to speak it now, simply because <laughs> it makes me feel like an asshole. We're in England. We're in an English podcast. You know I speak Japanese. It happens sometimes. Now, let me ask you this. Mm. What is a word in Japanese that you want to import into English because English just isn't good enough for this expression? All right, I'll give you mine. Okay. Mine's bimyo. Ah, yeah. it's just such a nice expression. How would you describe bimyo in English? Subtle. No, not subtle. You know what? Not, subtle's in there. I'd say it's subtle. Yeah. But it's also like reading the atmosphere, right? Yeah. It's kind of about reading the atmosphere and saying, ah. Bimyo na sankatanke means like triangle relationship, but like very. Very nuanced. Yeah, complicated. Yeah. Yeah, Very complicated. Not yeah. clear. Yeah, and it's like, I could say this or I could say that. It's not clear. It's such an efficient way to explain that. And somehow the feeling is in the word. Yeah, true. Very true. If someone said, if you eat something, and then if someone said, was it good? And then I would say, bimyo mm, means... Depends on how you feel about eating... <laughs> some people like it some people don't yeah so that that's my word that i would like to import as well as mm. ketai ketai is so much better oh, than smartphone yeah ketai mobile phone smartphone how about shogunai ah yeah shogunai i mean it can't be helped it can't be helped but if you say that in english that's very dry isn't it shogunai it's more like hydro i think it's it's a phenomenon in, in japanese that it's just it says a lot about japan that people just kind of accept that things can't be changed that's and, right yes that's yeah. right yeah like for example oh i wanna go to blah 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 and then no you can't because shogunai. you just can't probably the literal translation would be you can't because you just can't yeah yes (laughs) yes right but i found if i really wanted to mess with japanese people you know and if i'd hear shogunai shogunai i just get so mad i go shogunai like it's like (laughs) yes it can be helped and it's really funny is that doesn't translate they're like what are you talking about that doesn't make any sense and it's like no i'm saying it can be helped things can be changed and they're like no shogunai um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go down to the last two questions, which is yes. Uh, what do what language do people speak in heaven? Mm. Okay, we'll answer that. We'll do that one first. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, mm. that's an interesting question, isn't it? Oh, how about this? Okay, it's, it's like any language, but everyone in understand each other. Even <laughs> I say, and then spring is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's great. Everything is understood in heaven. That's fantastic. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I want to. I want to be in a heaven where raspberries mean something. What language do people speak in hell? It'll be funny if none of them understand each other like nightmare. When you say funny, funny for who? Funny for the devil? <laughs> that does sound like okay. Hell. I yeah, I, I yes. Go ahead. I think ahead. Uh, the opposite uh of what I said, the language in heaven. I I think uh yeah in hell probably you try to tell someone information or something. But then it's like you know when you have a dream, bad dream, like you try to tell someone but you are in a swimming pool or something and then like uh, and then cannot say anything. 
That's a great answer. I liked your answer before. It's like, it's, it's just the devil going, you know what would be funny? <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show today, Unico. Oh, thank you so much, Spring. What a pleasure. <laughs> it was so fun. And so hopefully who's listening enjoyed this as well. I'm sure the language nerds that listen to this show enjoyed it. Where can people follow you, find you, give you money? I've got uh, oh, everything. <laughs> Just during this uh, COVID-19, I uh, set up everything I could. So uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, everything's uh, either my name. Uh, Yuriko mm-hmm. Kotani or Yuriko Comedy mm-hmm. and I have a coffee account as well. How do you so spell do- that coffee? K-O-F-I. And that's where you buy someone, you send someone money that's about the same price as a cup of coffee. Yes, that's right. Yes. So uh, I love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Especially through the internet in cash. Yes, yeah. yeah that would be so helpful. Uh, yes, all the live gigs got cancelled, so now uh, coffee will be so wonderful. Uh, again, my name Yuriko Kotani. Very good. I will have that information available to click on in the show. Thank, thank you, you so much for coming. Oh, thank you so much, Spring. Talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.